Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have a special guest with us here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, some of you down in New Orleans are very familiar with him. Uh, I remember uh, growing up watching him on uh, WWL television as a sports anchor and as a news reporter. Uh, but now we can call him the new voice of the New Orleans Saints, Mr. Mike Hoss. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I tell you, it, uh, it's, it, it's, it's still hard to kind of put that moniker with my name. I'm, you know, it's, it is the coolest thing in the world, but I'm just like, I keep looking around going, is he talking to me? And so, uh, it's, it's, man, I can't, I'm so uh, fortunate and lucky and, uh, it's not lost on me, uh, what this next chapter that I'm about to begin. Yeah. I mean, first off, uh, congratulations to you uh, for this uh, getting a position. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and, and start right there. Um, you know, I mean, a legendary uh, play-by-play Jim Henderson. Uh, he decides to uh, retire after 30 years of calling the Saints. Then all of a sudden, Zach Streets retires. He gets the opportunity, and he decides now to uh, take a job as a coach. And what what made you uh, put your head into the ring to? you know, become the new voice of the New Orleans Saints? Well, certainly it's it's always been a dream. You know, when you get out of college and broadcasting and a sports world, I mean, that's always kind of what you, you know, uh, uh, something in the back of your mind. You kind of got to pick your path, you know, back right. in, I, I'm, I'm considerably older than you. When I graduated college, we didn't, we didn't have ESPN3 and 15,000 <laughs> stations. Uh, I mean, cable, cable, television was just coming out period so we didn't have the opportunity so you kind of you know pick pick and choose which route if you're going to go the broadcasting route kind of go that route or really try to go that play-by-play route so i went kind of the broadcasting route and then when i you know a couple of quip stocks and uh virginia where i'm from and charlottesville harrisonburg and then oklahoma lubbock texas and then new orleans which i thought was just going to be a two-year stop you know (laughs) I I I never I never been here before. Never visited. I didn't know anybody here, uh, and that was in 1989. So 30 plus years later. Um, <laughs> but so when you and then when I got here, Jim Henderson was the entrenched. He was my sports director. I was the weekend guy. You know, he was. You know, I, I learned pretty quickly. Go well. If I'm going to pursue ever play by play, it ain't going to be in New Orleans, <laughs> right? And so, as it turns out, I would have waited from eight, 89 until 2017 mm. uh, to get a chance. But in I, you know, in 2017, really 2018, after Jim retired, uh, I was part of the process in 2018. I applied. I would, I you know, it was I was in a group of a finalist of however many. Did a, did some get some stuff with Deuce. Did a game with Deuce uh, for uh, you know for rehearsal and for, you know, kind of a resume for, for them. So I was a part of the process in 2018, mm-hmm. but wholeheartedly supported Zach. When he threw his name into the ring, I told the radio station, I go, you know what? I I'd hire Zach. He's the <laughs> right guy for the job at, at this point. He kind of checked all their boxes and he's a yeah. brilliant guy. And he did a lot to really change that broadcast you know, as you as we're sitting here right now, you know more than anybody. Radio is television now. Yeah, television yeah. is radio, and so he has really carried the broadcast into kind of a new era. And he worked very, very hard, and he's been super supportive of me. So when it, when he went back to coaching, I was like, "What?" You know, I mean, <laughs> I was I was stunned. 
but he has been so helpful. So I, I, I guess because I was a product part of it, and it wasn't 20 years ago, it was three mm-hmm. years ago, you know, that, that it, the process kind of picked up. I reached out to them, they reached out to me and they went through the process again. It's a long, I saw, I, you know, Zach, I think made the move in February. I talked to him in March and it was June, what, 25th, right. you know, it's still, it's still a long, long process. There are a lot of people, hundreds who want this job. I mean, as, mm-hmm. as I've said, there's only 32 in the world yeah. that do NFL football games. Again, yeah. another note that is not lost on me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that and yeah. what, you know, people who have paved the way. So, yeah, to follow in the likes and, and I won't say the shoes because Zach wears size 16 uh, <laughs> to follow in the in the likes of, of, of Jim Henderson, who I watched do it. Yeah. You know, I watched the preparation and the work that goes into it. And then really with Zach, who I think has done a fantastic job, who was given kind of I mean, who wants to be the guy to follow Jim Henderson? I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's tough, but he did a really good job and no one worked harder than Zach. And he's mm-hmm. been enormously helpful for me. I mean, he's been, I'm, I'm in the Superdome right now at my office as communications with the, uh, the renovation that we're having here is mm-hmm. in the Superdome. So right. Zach's been here, we've talked and uh, he's just been great. Yeah. I, I can just remember like listening to Jim Henderson. I mean, he plays such a huge role in my broadcasting uh, life. I mean, honestly, because I looked up to him. I mean, like, you know, you know, during a time when the Saints weren't very good, a lot of the games were blacked out. You couldn't watch them yep. in New Orleans. And the only way that you can actually find out what the Saints were doing was listening to WWL. And Jim Henderson, I mean, he to me, like how we mentioned Drew Brees, he's the Drew Brees of broadcasting uh, mm-hmm. down in New Orleans without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, I understand how you're how you saying it. Has, um, Zach has some really big shoes to fill. Uh, but, you know, speaking of uh, Drew Brees, uh, let's just transition here. You know, Drew Brees decides to retire. And, and now you have uh, two individuals that are going to compete in training camp for a starting position. Quarterback Taysom Hill, who has been on a team for about four years now, and Jameis Winston going into his second season uh, as a member of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, my, my question to you is, um, how do you see this competition uh, panning out? And Honestly, do you actually legitimately believe when they say this is a competition? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't, you know, who was it? Bobby Hebert said, you know, if Sean Payton believes in Jameis Winston, we should believe in Jameis Winston because Sean does. And so, you know, I think it will be, I think they'll both have opportunities. Let's put it that way. Do I think it's a true competition I, I don't know i feel like in my opinion i've we have not had training camp i didn't do otas yeah. i've not talked to any coaches yeah. this is a me uh, this is almost like a fan's opinion <laughs> that i think it's Jameis's job to lose so to speak just kind of makes sense to me if you bring if, if Taysom's a guy you got to rewrite the whole book the offense becomes a different offense if it's Jameis, you get to keep the offense but now you've got you know, tools that Jameis brings that Drew didn't have. And let's, you know, let's end the conversation about Drew. He's the God, he's it, you know, he's yeah, the book. Yeah. And so we're not, when we, when we start talking about the quarterback, I have to, I feel like I have to say that all the time, this disclaimer, because when yeah. we start talking about the quarterbacks, it's like, wait, are you criticizing Drew? No, I'm not, I'm not, no way. But I mean, you have to talk about the next guy. And so I, I think 
I think Jameis brings something that this offense is really not having. That's that you know the RPO kind of factor, right. the you know the 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 same system, but the ability to to move around a little bit, ability to run. I I, I was you know like most people as Saints fans, we were I was not a huge Jameis Winston fan when he was at Tampa. He mm-hmm. was, but when he came here, mm-hmm. I, I just I, I didn't get to, I've never talked to the guy, but I saw a different guy. He yeah. lean. I, I mean, that year that he has had in the quarterback room with Drew and Taysom and Sean Payton, invaluable. In fact, he was in your, you know, your your video intro. Yeah. And he was, you could, he was, I never have seen a backup quarterback who kind of was really not in the game because unless Drew was out, you know, because yeah. Taysom would go back and forth. But he right. was a part of the team. Like he was Dan. I mean, he was, that's your backup quarterback. Yeah. But I felt, I felt that he grew up immensely in this past year Mm. and so i think that year of being in that quarterback room and learning this system and the old Jameis winston is gone yeah i think i you know so the short answer is i i guess they'll both have opportunities but do i i believe i believe Jameis winston will be the starting quarterback yeah i mean i I think that he's uh matured a lot too and I think that, uh, you know, some Saints fans that are on the fence about them, you know, a lot of them uh, have their reservations about him based on, you know, what he did in, at Florida State and also earlier in his career. But like anything in life, I mean, you have to mature. I mean, I see a guy who, who got married, who has two children. I mean, those, those type of things put life into perspective for you. And some of the decisions that you were making before, you know, you might not make those same type of decisions. So, um, I, I think that he will become a better quarterback if he gets that opportunity, especially under uh, Sean Payton's toolage. I, I think that he he will be a good quarterback. But uh, before we move on, let's let's talk about Taysom Hill. OK, so that will leave Taysom Hill as the odd man out. Uh, do you see him uh, going back to that original Swiss Army knife role or uh, do you think because of Jameis's uh, abilities, uh, would that cause Taysom Hill? Uh, to actually lose some of those snaps that he had, um, you know, when Drew Brees was in the lineup? I don't think so. I, I, I As long as, you know, he's well, you know, he's Taysom's, I, I don't, I'm not sitting there looking at his, his information. He's not 25. You know, Taysom's got some years on him. So, 31. Yeah. So, you're right. And so he's not like, if I'm an NFL team and I feel like he's our future at quarterback, you got to wait another year to get through this year. And so I don't, and I've never just in general, overall, I don't hear a lot of chatter about him being that starting quarterback. I'm not saying that he can't, that's, that's, you know, but, you know, just from listening to the sphere out there and he Mm -hmm. hasn't had much of an opportunity and, you know, a couple of, you know, starts, but he really hasn't had an opportunity. So I think, you know, I've always felt, that he he can be a great weapon with your offense. I actually feel like he needs to throw the ball more. Hmm. I need to feel that when he's in the game, that it's not you know he's not going to just take the ball, run to the right hand side, and, and, right. and get your first down. I need to feel like the defense doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. And you know, I just that's again, you know, this these are my ridiculous opinions, and, and it is what it is. But I just felt like if I you know if he really if you really didn't know what he was going to do he's that much more valuable and he can certainly throw the football yeah and so you know i i i think that that sean 
and it's like this is like wow look at the things that i can do now right with this offense that maybe i couldn't have done with drew yeah. but more importantly and i've said this a bunch and this is going to sound redundant but so people ask me well what are you like we're talking about this offense we don't know yeah. right we, we don't know that's true i mean think about it we don't <laughs> have any idea but guess what the other 31 teams don't either and the other 31 teams for the last 15 years have known exactly what this offense was going to do. Yeah. Which shows you the brilliance of Drew Brees and Sean Payton and, and Pete Carmichael, because even though they knew what this team was going to do, they couldn't stop it. Yeah. Couldn't stop it. 70% yep. completion pass. They averaged 30 points a game. I mean, you know, so, but now, so I, I think no matter what, we're not going to know anything in this quarterback battle. Yeah. If I'm Sean Payton, I don't, I, I you know, I roll this dice as long as I can roll because one, <laughs> he hasn't been in this position. Right. He never had the ability to go, oh, well, they don't know who are well, – and, and quite frankly, I totally – it does not benefit the Saints organization for him to say anything about who's the starter. Good point. I, 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 on Wednesday before Green Bay, I'd say, okay, here, here's our starter. But that's it. I would not – but prior to the Wednesday before Green Bay, I'd say, you know, it's an open competition. We'll see what will happen because who benefits? I'll tell you you're helping the other teams. Yep. Screw that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I, would I wouldn't say a thing. So, <laughs> and I think, quite frankly, I don't, I don't think we're going to get a ton out of Sean on yeah. this topic uh, either, which is fine. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would be uh, hush mouth myself uh, when it comes to that uh, position, but I have to agree with you, Mike. I, I think that they're leaning towards Jameis Winston, not not only just. You know, I just have like this this sense that that's going to happen. I mean, I, I listen to some of the some of the players. I, I looked at the uh, the pod, or I listened to the podcast with uh with Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, and I I thought that it was very uh, eye opening that he mentioned Jameis as a starter. I mean, I seen C.J. Gardner Johnson tweet about Jameis possibly being a starter, right. so it seemed like the team his teammates like kind of are lobbying for him, even if Sean hasn't made up his mind. Uh, just yet uh, but let's focus on the defensive side of the football uh, the Saints they had a pretty solid season last year defensively you're starting to see like year after year them become much better as a defensive unit uh, they they have some young players up front they drafted uh, Peyton Turner the rookie out of Houston they got Tano Passigno they signed him from the Kansas City Chiefs of course you you have Cam Jordan who has been the anchor uh, for many many years and you also have like the interior lineman. But uh, one position that a lot of people are focusing on is the cornerback position. We know Marshawn Lattimore is the number one corner, but that number two corner uh, is going to be a competition as well. Now they signed, uh, well, they didn't sign, but they actually drafted Paulson Adebo, but they still have some other young guys they, out they there. They signed him too. Well. Okay. They, they, signed, they signed all their, their, that's the beauty of this new CBA is that signing draft picks is like piece of cake. You get a yeah. finite amount of money, so they signed all their picks at once. They're, they're all they're all taken care of. So he, okay. but you're right. They, so he's, they, they picked him, but they, but they he signed as well. But yeah, he, he's he's interesting. I don't know. I interrupted your thought there. Apologize. No, no, that's fine. But I mean, I was just going to ask you about that. Uh, do you how do you see this this cornerback competition going with a lot of these young corners, or do you think that the Saints may need to go out here in free agency and pick up a veteran corner to be opposite of Marshawn Lattimore? Well, I think I think initially Paulson is going to get a lot of reps. I think they want to find out 
what that what he's got. And so he sat out last year. And but you know when the draft happened, you know the first, the day after the draft, the Saints were getting not really good grades, and people would have, couldn't understand the Peyton Turner trade, and mm-hmm. and Paulson hadn't played, you know, and so. But I just remember like three weeks after that, when people really started to look at who they drafted and the quality of the player, that people went, "Ooh, this might be a pretty good draft." Yeah. So I think he's going to get every opportunity because when you, if not, you know, it's. It's P. Rob, it's PJ Williams, it's King Crawley. It's kind of the guys we've we've been there with and who who we've hoped would be that person opposite, you know, Marshawn. And then we got lost Janoris. And so yeah. I think two things to your to your answer to your question. I think Paulson's gonna get an enormous amount of opportunity to show that he could possibly be that guy. And I just remember when Marshawn came in. It was she, he was in your face. You, he was like not afraid of anything in which you have to be in that, which you have to be in that position. And that, it was just, man, he was unbelievable. Yeah. And so, and Paulson's going to get that opportunity. That being said, this team's got a, a little money. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody were to come available uh, in, in that for that other corner where it wouldn't kill them financially, uh, I think they would look at that. Uh, you know, I think same thing would be from a wide receiver standpoint and the interior line. You lose a Malcolm Brown and a Sheldon Rankins and a Trey Hendrickson. Now Trey plays on the outside, but that made your, that being a good on the outside with Cam and now Peyton Turner made your inside better, but now you don't have a Sheldon and a Malcolm. Uh, So we're a linebacker. I mean, I think the defense is in not, I mean, bad situation. It's Mm -hmm. just how, how does that person opposite Marshawn perform? Right. How does that third linebacker, whether it's Bond or maybe Pete Werner, how does that? How does David Onyemata uh, on the on the middle? How do they perform? And then how does uh, Marquez Callaway? Does he continue to pick back up where he's been? C.J. Gardner Johnson has like shown flashes of just being the kind of physical safety that you want, but he just right. it's, it's like he that he needs that maturation process right. from a penalty standpoint and when they happen and stuff like that. So I think they've got the, the players, what the Saints say, if Mickey were talking to Mickey Loomis right now, Mickey Loomis would say, we put our support and our money behind what we consider foundational players. Right. Ryan Ramchek, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, those right. kind of Marshawn Lattimore, you know, we put our money and support behind the, those key blocks and then build around it. And so I think that's what they're doing now. They've got the key blocks, the key foundational blocks in place. And so can you build around it and and, and be successful? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I, I like about this Saints organization is the fact that like in the earlier uh, uh, 20, I guess like 2012 to about 2016, they had like a lot of issues in the locker room. Uh, Drew, Drew Brees even talked about, he even said that he even considered retirement based on that. But from 2017 uh, to the present, they have done a really good job getting solid players into the locker room, uh, guys that are high character guys. And also just just uh, drafting some of these young guys that, that can start right away. Like that, that 2017 draft to me was the greatest draft class I've ever seen. I've never seen like every single member of a draft class, like just, just perform at such a high level. I mean, every last one of those guys were really, really good and it paid dividends. And, um, you know, you look at this young team, that's, that's why Mike, I'm not as concerned as, as some other fans may be because 
even though on draft day we're scratching our head the night of, like you said, when you when you look at it the next day and logic starts to sit in, you you realize that they make the right decisions and everything that they do uh, has a has a long term effect, and, and that's something that I think the the Saints front office has done an outstanding job of doing. You know, combining young players with veteran leaders and high character guys inside of the locker room. And and they, and they created a great culture. I mean, even Janora Jenkins, who's no longer with the team, said the Saints were the best organization he ever played for. So when you have guys like that that are, are, are saying those type of things, uh, team, I mean, players as well as free agents that may be out there want to see, you know, how good this team actually is, and they want to be a part of that. Uh, but uh, finally, I want to ask you about uh, Drew Brees. You know, I got to end it on that. Uh, you, you are Drew Brees. Um, from the beginning of his uh, Saints career back in 2006 when he signed. Um, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, about his arm and everything like that. But he goes on to be, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. But what did Drew Brees uh, mean to you um, just watching him and just watching the entire totality of his career? All right, well, for, I'm, I'm going to pick up just one quickly on what you said about the 2017 draft, which yeah, is yeah. – Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. and I think the front office doesn't get enough credit, not for because Ryan Ramchek was a trade. They traded mm-hmm. up to that position to get a Ryan Ramchek. We kind of forget right. about that. Right. Alvin Kamara was a trade. They traded up to get one of the un- most unbelievable, versatile running backs ever. Trey yes. Henderson was what? Fifth round? Sixth round? I mean, he was late. Yeah. You know, he, you know. Everybody, Marcus Williams, Marshawn, that that draft yeah. class, I go back to 2006. Right. That 2006 draft class, they got Marcus Colston with the 252nd pick <laughs> in the seventh round right. who became a, a 10-year stud and mm-hmm. Reggie and, and all those guys, Jari Evans, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Streif. Zach yep. Streif. So anyway, that you're, I think that 17 draft class and that sixth draft class were, were – unbelievable and character of people so drew i mean so two things i i I always feel about drew and and they're kind of on both ends of his career in 2006 when he got here and this is kind of more a non-football he came here and this is a a year post katrina Mm -hmm. and you know the place was a mess you know people that come here now go i don't you know you don't remember 2006 things didn't exists things weren't open but right. if they weren't open they weren't there anymore yep. and so he came here and looked around and he and his wife Brittany took that flag and they said this is our home we're living here uh we're moving they moved uptown you could go to his house people would go to his house knock on his door that's how mm. open they were now they didn't have kids right. yet but they decided right. when they had kids this would be their home so that right. just to, as a as a human as a character what he did for New Orleans in 06 by saying, we're open for business, we're living here, right. I think was unbelievable. So then I, I go all the way to the to 2020 season, and I would watch Drew warm up prior to a game. Mm-hmm. And it would, he could have easily just jogged out, thrown the ball, get loose. His stretching and getting ready for a game is about 30 minutes it, it's painful for an old man like me to watch he can <laughs> barely touch his toe i mean he was the he took care but it, to me that was the point he took care of his body he could do things at his age with his body to stay in shape and to be you know uh limber and 
he took care of everything uh, that 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 was the work ethic. So in between that, you have this work ethic and a winning culture. I don't think we can ever forget the impact of the 06 season. So yeah. they were 10 and six, you know, I mean, this team's been 10 and six four, but right. they, you know, the, the, the Atlanta game, which so many people think actually was the first game of the season. It wasn't, it was the third game of the season. Yeah. The first two games of that season, nobody talks about, but I think were the right. most important games in this franchise because they went to Cleveland and they played ugly. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're a Saints fan, you know, we don't win and play ugly. We don't, there's no, we're not Tiger Woods. We don't play right. ugly and win. But we, <laughs> did. we did. It was kind of like, well, yep. that's strange. And then they go to Green right. Bay and fall way behind on the road. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is over. And then they came mm. back. And so you've mm. got to win ugly and, a, and the ability that we don't, we don't care how far behind we are. We've come back and went on the road. And then yeah. you come over to Atlanta and see Cleveland. But I mean, yeah, I just felt like that season initiated a winning culture. And quite frankly, that Bears game in the NFC Championship should have been a Saints victory. That, yeah. that you know, they they had the momentum uh, running the ball. I mean, that, that game, if I had to go back and, you know, and then they're in a Super Bowl, you know, and yeah. I think and it would have been against Peyton again. But so that season delivered so much because yeah. it brought a winning culture. It brought the ability to get free agents. It brought, it just changed. And even, you know, 07, 08 weren't good, weren't great years. Yeah. But they, you could just, they were winning. They, the, the culture was here. And so yeah. Mickey Loomis and Tom Benson and now Mrs. Benson and Dennis Lausch and, and that whole crew deserve so much credit because you don't get to just change a winning culture. This football team won and 87, 88, 89, 90 in those years. But mm -hmm. it wasn't really a winning culture, right? It was yeah. like we were winning and we, it was all new. First yeah. time playoff, first time NFC West, you know, championship. But it wasn't a culture because it, it, right. it, it ended so quickly in 93, right? right? So I just think that Drew on both ends of his career in 06 and then 20 with his work ethic in between yeah. changed, changed the franchise. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I've said this on the uh, State of the Saints podcast, Mike. I said uh, Drew Brees was the quarterback of the Saints for 15 years. Now, I can just imagine a 10-year-old kid who probably just started to watch football. The only thing they can remember is the Saints, like, being a winning culture. So if you're a 25-year-old right. year woman or a 25-year-old man, that's the only thing you remember. But Dude, <laughs> yeah, I, we, we got – I left from sports to news in 2000, 2001, and it took yeah. me a while, you know, to, to become a fan again. I left, yeah. you know, I was a sports anchor. When you're a sports yeah. anchor, you're not a fan. Yeah. But so in 06, after Katrina, I'm like, you know what? Let's get season tickets. You yeah. know, there were 35,000 open season tickets. Open. Wow. I could have <laughs> played it down. No, like, where do you want to sit? Where do you want to sit? So, but in, so in 06, I was like a lot of people, I became a season ticket holder. Yeah. And they go to the NFC Championship game. And I'm like, what's all this? Everybody <laughs> barking about this team. Now, what are you talking about? Since for, in my world as a season ticket holder, Super Bowl champs, playoffs, win 49 and 15. Of those, I'm just like, it's like, but now we're so spoiled. Yeah. You know, oh, what? 
a little they go, oh, 13-3? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, 14 <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, not, it's like we expect it, yeah. and, which is a good thing. That, again, goes back to what has happened over the last 15 years with Drew and, yeah. and Mickey and Sean creating a winning culture so that we go 13 and three and go, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And now every member of the who that nation finally found out the mystery behind the same success. Mike Hall's buying season tickets. There you go. I don't, I don't like to take credit for that. But I, I just like, I said, I'm like, you know, cause it was, I was so much fun those years, you know, post Katrina, we needed the Sundays were, so important yeah just like the, these true. new sundays in 2021 are going to be post covid yeah. it's like the it was i mean a game was an event road yeah. or home it was an event and yeah. it was just they were they were such a that 2006 season was such a fun season yeah i mean it was and i mean the super bowl don't you know but the super bowl i mean they go 13 and 0 right yeah you know lynn loser final three uh, and you know you're thinking, can they pick it back up? And so, but I, that 06 season, just because of when it was, and the post Katrina aspect, you know, it it rivals. It doesn't top the Super Bowl, but it rivals it. Yeah, I I can just remember because I mean I I left New Orleans in 05, you know, August of 05 because of Katrina. I was I was uh going into my sophomore year at Dillard University, and uh, I had to end up transferring to Jackson State out in Jackson, Mississippi, and I remember. Uh, that 06 season I mean sitting in my dorm room like watching the New Orleans Saints like win win these games and you know and, and you know and, and go to the playoffs and I, I can just remember how much I needed that you know because I mean when you've got so many people all over the place the one thing that that bind us all together was our love for the New Orleans Saints and uh just to see them actually going at that magic carpet ride of a season I mean, it definitely uh, gave me that that boost that I needed, you know, to get through the day, you know, to to know that I can watch the Saints on Sunday and they're going to put forward a great performance. And just seeing that change happen at that time, I mean, that's something that, Mike, I, w- I would never, ever forget. Uh, as I a agree. It, 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 you know, this always – this fan base has always been unbelievable, right? Yeah. And so but, – but that – I mean, that year, I mean – Man, you would go to your section and you would just hug everybody. I mean, like yeah. that, that doesn't happen. That, that you yeah. can't go to Cleveland and people. I mean, it was just, it was raw. Sundays mm-hmm. were raw. That Steve Gleason block punt was a raw, yeah. guttural feeling. Yeah. And uh, you're right, man. And so my my family evacuated to Jackson uh, mm-hmm. for the storm. So I would have to go up to, whenever I would get a day break. I would go to Jackson. You know, and just, you know, everybody was everywhere. Yeah. And maybe that, I, I don't, you know, when you go to any city, you know, and they have their team, their their fan base, and you ask them, what's your second favorite team? The Saints are almost always yep. everybody's second favorite team. And I, maybe that was, you know, but for the lovable losers of, of years past, but those six from that <laughs> point on, it's just, they're, they're a fun team. And if you've ever been here or been to a game, man, yeah. it changes you. And so, yep. yeah, it's a, it's a, so I'm looking. That's why I think 2021 20, 20, is going to be so wild. I mean, yeah. last year's games were almost comical. Yeah. I mean, that the first yeah. game with Tampa, I, I went to every game and just you know. And so I, the first game with Tampa, they had 11 practice squad players in the stands behind the bench. 11. Mm. 
Wow. 11. <laughs> it was like, what am I? It wow. was bizarro world. It was, mm. I could hear everything. It was the most weird, cool. I don't, I don't ever want to do it again, but I, yeah, mm. I mean, I'm just like, this is unbelievable. So I can't wait for this year. I can't, can't wait for this season and the, and the number of people. It's going to sound like, oh my Lord. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if they're wearing a mask or not. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's definitely going to be incredible. And I know all the members of the Huda Nation are, are looking forward to hear you call the Saints games and call us all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm calling it right now. I hope so, baby. Right, I right. hope so. I hope Bring so. some of that 06 magic with you, Mike. We, That's we, right. That's <laughs> right. I, I still got my tickets. Now, I will admit I lost them in the renovation. They lost their seats, but we still kept our tickets. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Mike. I really do appreciate it. Uh, before you go, uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Well, easily Facebook is Hoss Communications or Mike Hoss. Uh, Twitter is at Mike Hoss Com, at Mike Hoss, C-O-M-M. Uh, Instagram right now, I'm in the middle of merging some accounts. Uh, but so certainly Twitter and Facebook, easy enough. And I'm working on Instagram and that's 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 all I can handle. I can't do <laughs> Snapchat and all this stuff. I got two daughters, 20 and 22. I, mean, I, I, I at some point, you know. <laughs> I got to shut it down, but uh, yeah. Twitter and Facebook, easy enough. Yeah, but uh, thank you so much, Mike. We do, really do appreciate your time. Thank you for being here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, have a good call every game this season. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Have, have me back anytime. Love to. Thanks, TJ.